love how you talk about a growth mindset because I'm constantly reminding myself to use my beginner's mind. Mm-hmm. Don't go into any project assuming that you know everything because number one, that will kill your natural curiosity. Mm-hmm. And number two, you shouldn't assume you know everything because you really don't. <laughs> like there's always <laughs> something more to learn. Hello, hi, I'm Erin Vandevin. Thanks for joining me today. This is Medium Lady Talks. This podcast is about figuring out the medium effort way to get the most out of life today. I hope the things I unpack here can role model and invite you to sort out your own ways to live life in the present. This is a show about experimenting to get closer to what matters most. I'm glad you're here, so let's settle in. Hello, hi, and welcome to Medium Lady Talks. I'm your host, Erin Vandevin, and today I am joined by guest... Shawnee Wissanant from beginwithbutter.com. Hello. Hi, I'm so glad to be here. Thank you for having me today. I just, I'm thrilled. Thank you. I I am thrilled. We are the thrilled ones here at Medium Lady. Shawnee Wissanant is the creator and founder of Begin With Butter, where her goal is to make new bakers and non-bakers into unbelievably proficient bakers. What Shawnee is really spectacular at is helping people decode the techniques, equipment, and ingredient that takes people from novice to advanced home bakers. And she has definitely made baking addictively fun and approachable for pretty <laughs> much anyone. And she says on her on her blog, and we'll find that I think through the episode, Shawnee, is that you have a soft, squishy spot in your heart for <laughs> beginners. Without their ability to bake, because she was once that beginner too. (laughs) It's so great. Shawnee, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you. So I, Shawnee, have followed you for quite a while on Instagram specifically, because your imagery is very captivating. It's very delicious. Thank you. I am, I, you know, I mean, I was definitely following along with the 12 days of pound cake, which is a recent, a recent fantastic campaign. And I'm definitely very much leaning towards making that sweet potato pound cake. Oh, love it. The sweet potato one. But I I definitely would say that I am somewhere closer to novice when it comes to baking, but your imagery is just so delicious. And so I reached out, I said, Shawnee, thanks so much for all the amazing content you're putting out in the world. And we got to kind of texting a bit and I've invited you to the podcast and here we are today. Yes. Thank you so much. I'm just, I cannot explain the smile on my face. I'm literally (laughs) smiling from ear to ear right now. So thank you so much. Shawnee, tell our audience a little bit about who are you? What are you all about? Your origin page on your blog is, it's called Origin Story, aka Kids Change Everything. And I think there is not a single parent who is aspiring to be a creative content person or aspiring to be an entrepreneur who can't relate to that, aka oh Change Everything. So so tell us more about you and, and what you're all about. Sure. So let's see. I am a baking educator. I do have quite a few recipes on my site, but my first love is educating people and helping people really get past those sticking points of baking because it was those sticking points for so many years that made me think I it was impossible for me to ever be a baker, right? Mm. Um, I come from a family of just amazing, amazing, incredible bakers, and it was so easy for them. And it had never, ever, ever been easy for me. And I 
believed until 2014, which doesn't seem like that long ago. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But if you ask my kids, it was like, you know, dog years and dog years ago. But I really believed until 2014 that you had to be born with some kind of baking gene in order to be successful as a baker. But then my daughter was in preschool (laughs) and I was last to pick up my daughter and the infamous classroom party sign-up sheet was up and I had no idea that it was going to be up that day and they were doing a sugar cookie activity where they were going to decorate sugar cookies with buttercream and just have a grand old time and because I was last all the other parents had signed up for like the good stuff like the cups and the paper cups (laughs) and the napkins and the little you know the plastic wear like they signed up for all that stuff and I was like oh my gosh the only thing left on this list is the actual Cookies, the star of the show. Oh my gosh. And my daughter's preschool teacher, who was so lovely. She is exactly the preschool teacher I would have wanted for my kids. Mm. It's like she manifested. And she looked at me and she said, Mrs. Wissonant, would you mind providing the sugar cookies for our sugar cookie activity? And I may have said a curse word to myself because I would never have said it out loud in a <laughs> But of course, you know, I brightened up. <laughs> And said, of course. And I don't know how much you know of my story, but I did a lot of school. I went to college. I went to law school, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And in all of that school, the only thing that's relevant is that, or the only thing we need to know for today's purposes is that I never once in college or law school pulled an all-nighter studying for anything. Never. I see where this is going. (laughs) I pulled the first (laughs) all-nighter of my life. (laughs) making sugar cookies for my daughter's preschool class because what monster ever says no to a preschool teacher it's true (laughs) and it was glorious it was glorious but the and after I felt kind of iffy about the cookies themselves but I put them in my biggest Tupperware containers because again there were 52 of them and I handed them to my daughter to take into school and as she got out of the car and I handed them to her the look on her face was the thing that That was the bug for me. That was the start of the baking bug for me because she was the purveyor of cookies. (laughs) And we all know how kids feel about being like the snack dealer at dealer is the wrong word. (laughs) No, no, no. That's right. That's right. I know. I know what you mean. It's, it's, it's a sense of control. (laughs) You know, they, they feel that sense of leadership and mastery to be able to (laughs) deliver. Yeah. But it was that combined with the pride on her face. That was the, that was when the baking bug hit. That was the moment. Like I knew it when it happened. Really? I knew it when it happened. Absolutely. Interesting. So Shawnee, I mean, this is an origin story for you. (laughs) For me, it would have been, and I've never baked since that would be the end of the story. (laughs) is and I and I have purchased every single baked good in my home from this day for moving forward but you know I think actually and I'm gonna ask you to reflect a little bit on what was happening in 2014 because I I remember 2014 which was probably very much the peak of blogs blogging and um, especially the home cook blogging for the home cook and so do you think there's also like this synergy about it be having been 2014 and what was happening in 2014 on the internet and the accessibility of all of that you know I have to say when I got bitten by that bug 
I didn't jump to the internet for a lot of information at first. Okay. I went to baking textbooks first. Textbooks? Yes. Like the fundamental, what is it? Uh, Bo Freiberg's book, which is still my Bible. It's so earmarked. It's just so adorable. But I jumped into baking textbooks first. And so I wasn't really... So you didn't go to wait, 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 wait. You didn't do like Martha Stewart. Mm. You didn't go to Ina Garten. You were like, I'm going to need a textbook. I needed a textbook. And here's why. Please. (laughs) The moment I realized that I had been bitten by this bug and that there was something that I had to investigate about why I felt this way suddenly about baking, I knew from years of failed baking Mm. that I couldn't just jump in casually. Like I knew that I needed to learn how to bake in a different way than what I'd been taught. So just going and pulling recipes was not going to be helpful for me. I needed to learn like the fundamental, the behind the scenes, the how to do the technique so that I could be successful with any number of recipes as opposed to going and pulling a recipe and just reading about the technique. I talk a lot about creaming butter and sugar. Like when I first saw that, I was like, what the heck does that mean? Yeah. But, but when I went to textbooks, they go into great deal to explain to you what those techniques are so that you can apply them across the board. And so, you know, it was really important to me to, to learn from that perspective, to learn the whys and the hows behind all of it before I felt like I would be able to actually bake. So, Shawnee, I talk a lot about finding the place in the world that's made for you. And that comes from my own origin story of having postpartum depression with my third son mm-hmm. and realizing that I was taking a lot of my personal value from the titles that I had, not from actual like knowing of myself and self-identification. It was like, oh, I'm a boss. I'm a mother. I'm a wife. And I take value. I find value in myself externally. And it was this self-development journey that's going to be probably for the rest of my life on like, who am I and what am I all about? And what is the place in the world that's made for me? And that very much was this voice of, you know, you, you need to share your story. You need to meet other people. You need a podcast. And so, so we've both kind of um, experience this origin story that's mm-hmm. really also been about following the spark and following yes. the voice. Yes. But I think that this takes a lot of experimentation. You know, it, it took a lot of experimentation before you ended up with beginwithbutter.com and the 12 oh, yeah. pound cake, right? I think yes. that's the part that folks miss. You know, we see the final product on a blog or an Instagram feed, or you, you're maybe you're listening to the final product of this podcast right now. And we, try to imagine ourselves with the final product, but right. it's often this long series of experimentation. Literally. Yes. Yeah. And, yes. and you literally baking, I think, you know, lends itself so beautifully to the ideas of experimentation and growth mindset. What was your, what was your point of view when you dove into those, those baking textbooks? What was the final product that that voice was calling you towards? The final product that the voice was calling me towards was not really a product or not really like a thing, right? It was just improving upon the thing that I made the last time, right? And also, and also not being afraid to try something a little bit different, right? Right. So I think the final product, if I had to pick one, would be to adopt a growth mindset, be a, have a beginner's mind 
every single time that you approach any baking project, every time I bake something, even if it's something I've baked over and over again, there's some little thing that I'm evaluating, right? It's whether or not I add another half cup of butter to this cake recipe, what does that impact and how? Um, if I cut sugar even more from this recipe, what does that impact and how? Or if I use a different kind of sugar or a different kind of flour, there's always some level of beginner's mind that I apply to every single bake. And I think that keeps it very, very fresh for me. I mean, when I, and I also, you're very right about people seeing the finished product <laughs> and thinking that it's always been that way. Especially with cake. Especially, oh my gosh, especially. <laughs> my favorite, because I have a cottage bakery as well, is, oh my gosh, your cakes are too expensive. I could make this for less than half of that. And I'm like, okay, great. I can give you a recipe for it. People <laughs> don't generally respond well to that, <laughs> especially if they've come to you looking for a cake, but it's true. But anyway, um, what you're paying for is the years of experience and mm -hmm. the years of practice I have put into perfecting not just the recipe, but every single technique behind that recipe to make sure I'm turning out a consistent product. Between 2014 and 2021, I didn't have a blog. My first blog post was tax day 2021. Really? Yes. That was the first day of blog posts on my blog. Yes. I was, and I was petrified even after all of those years of practice and study to, to post it, to post them. So mm -hmm. I think it's, I am constantly looking for, and constantly like, I don't know. I just love how you talk about a growth mindset because I'm constantly reminding myself to use my beginner's mind. Mm -hmm. Don't go into any project assuming that you know everything because number one that will kill your natural curiosity mm -hmm. and number two you shouldn't assume you know everything because you really don't <laughs> like there's always <laughs> something more to learn that keeps baking so fresh for me I know that that's such an oxymoron <laughs> fresh baking but yeah it keeps baking super fresh for me to just keep a beginner's mind and to just really approach it from the perspective of there's always something more that I could be learning or doing. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And then what about the days when you don't feel like it? Um, that's or is that maybe that's not your, your personality? Oh, no. I think any business owner has those days. Sure. And you're just, or any creative. Some days your creative mind, you know this as well as I do. Some I days do. your creative mind is just like, nope, out to lunch, not going to work today, calling in sick. And there's nothing you can really do about it. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> and on those days, I'm learning to not force it because mm. the forced stuff never works that well. But sometimes I have to. If I have an order, I can't let my creative mind just be like, no, I'm not coming in today. Sometimes I have to work through those things. Um, but what that's teaching me is when motivation fails me, <laughs> my consistency will always kick in. Like being Aww. a hard worker, being consistent, doing my best to work on a day-to-day -day basis, even when I don't feel like it, those are the days that, that I often experience some kind of breakthrough. And so I'm, I'm kind of grateful for that at this point. I don't love it. <laughs> That's why I say I'm kind of grateful for the days that I don't feel like it, because those are the days that prove to me that this is what I'm meant to be doing, if that makes sense. 
I just got goosebumps. So it makes sense. Okay. Makes sense. There you go. Um, I'm going to tell you that sometimes on those days for me, when I'm not, my creative mind wants a break. What I lean into instead of a beginner's mindset is an expert mindset. And I remind myself that I have a body of work behind me that yes. can lift me up and carry me through those days of resistance. Yes. That um, there's also things to learn from what's in the past. And sometimes that feels easier than starting with a blank slate because creatives, Absolutely. most creatives are really like jazzed up by the blank slate is like, what is my next episode going to be about? Who's going to be my next guest? What is going to be the next thing that I create out of my right. kitchen? That's usually a really sparky, happy place to be. But Absolutely. on the times when it isn't, those are the times when I love going into my archives and I really find a lot of inspiration from my past self. And I'm like, wow, she really got it. Right. Right. And it's so, it's so affirming to see mm -hmm. that there's like, you've built this. It's a legacy, Erin. That's what you, that's what you're building. You are actually actively legacy building. And it's so affirming to go back and look at the things that you created, maybe flippantly one time, maybe you thought it wasn't great work at the time that you did it. And then you go back and look at it with fresh eyes. And that can sometimes be the thing that really sparks you to go forward or sparks your creativity. It's so, yeah, it's so like, there are sometimes I go back and look at my early stuff and I'm like, Ooh, what was I doing? <laughs> We're just going to unlist this blog. <laughs> but there are times that I go back and I look and I'm really proud. You know, I'm building something for not just myself. Begin with Butter is a community for anybody who wants to be a baker. But this is something that is going to be my legacy for my children. And when I go back and I, and I think about that legacy that I'm building for them, I feel really inspired by that. I'm building something that is positive. I'm building something that is productive. I'm building something that is really for them that they can be proud of. Of course, it means that they often go and <laughs> pretend like they are the snack dealer at their school. And they're like, oh, my mom made, you know, red wine, or I'm sorry, Coca-Cola chocolate pound cake. And it's just sitting on the counter in my house right now. Like, I don't know what to do with that. What? <laughs> Who's coming over to Shawnee's after school? <laughs> That's what I say. <laughs> I'm like the Pied Piper. Yeah. <laughs> I know a lot of parents prefer to have kids come to their place rather than mm -hmm. have their kids go elsewhere. So I think your, your strategy is totally sound. Yeah. It's very smart parenting. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Um, you said that you didn't turn Begin With Butter into a blog until 2021. If you look back, what was the pivot moment that motivated you to do that, to hit publish on that first post and to really ramp it up? Because 2021, Shawnee, was really not that long ago. And you have quite an enterprise behind you now. You know, um, was it the pandemic? Was it something else? Was it was it a person in your life? Oh, see, this is where. <laughs> oh, that's such a deep question. OK, so begin with butter started as a YouTube channel in like October of 2020, but it wasn't really like a flourishing YouTube channel. And I was really struggling, but it started with like a flash of inspiration. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Literally, I was sitting, it was a Sunday morning um, in October and my whole family was outside playing. And because they were all outside, I didn't want to bring them back in, but my kitchen was a total wreck. <laughs> from my um, short order cook endeavors that day. <laughs> 
So I was slowly cleaning up the kitchen and cleaning off the table. And I had this flash of inspiration and the name begin with butter came to me. And it was like, something was telling me it's time to share this stuff, right? Not just share the food. You can continue to share the food, but it's time to share the knowledge. Mm. And it was such, it was such a profound moment. It was a life-changing moment for me, Um, but it was so profound. And in that moment, I saw everything that Begin With Butter is supposed to be. And the moment came, the moment went by and I was so frozen. Erin, I, I promise you, I thought that that moment lasted like, I don't know, a day and a half. And then I was frozen in place <laughs> and that time had just gone on and I was frozen in this flash. And I looked up and I don't think five seconds had gone. <laughs> oh. And I was like, this is, this is a fluke. Um, I'm going to go over to my computer. And if, if Begin With Butter is available as a domain, we'll see what happens. And I went over, I typed it in and beginwithbutter.com.net.org.edu, all of it was available. Nobody had ever thought about it before. And I was like, this is, this is something. So let me just go ahead and buy the domain. So I yeah. did. Um, but I was still really petrified to get out there and start sharing as a blog. But something kept pulling at me to share. And I have this amazing mother-in-law who encouraged me. I have a couple of amazing friends. I'm not somebody who has millions and millions of friends, but the friends I have are so dear to me. Mm. And they have always encouraged me. And they're always asking me anyway. (laughs) Uh, But they've always encouraged me to share what I know because they said, people want this stuff. They yeah. want more than recipes. And I was like, poo-poo, that's not going to work. <laughs> I, who am I to give people, like, who am I to do that? Oh, man, that who am I? Yeah. Who am I? Yes. It slows us down. Mm-hmm. Man, I, I'm just like, everything you're telling right now, we could just replace with medium lady. Like, Absolutely. The, epiphany, the epiphany in the kitchen the who am I I've never looked for the for the URL for the for the web uh, address but maybe I'll, I'll do that after this episode sorry keep going so your friends yeah, were encouraging you're you and you were who am I I was like who am I like I'm somebody who is completely self-taught I didn't go to anybody's school I mean I read their textbooks <laughs> but I didn't go to anybody's school I haven't been trained by master chocolatiers or master pastry chefs like who am I to start teaching other people and your good friends will <laughs> disabuse you of the notion that you're not good enough. I'll just put it that way. Yes. It's and true. I found this incredible, and it was like things just fell into place. I found this incredible web developer who I still work with today. God bless her, Lark. She has been there through every single time I've crashed my website <laughs> and <laughs> cried. And things started to happen. And I wrote these posts over about three months. So I had this like stockpile of blog posts done. Yeah. I had the website done. I could not hit publish mm. until I gave myself a hard date and yeah. said, this is the date that I'm going to start publishing on my website. And on yeah. April 15th, 2021, I finally said, okay, let's go. And I, I must've published like five posts that day, but I published the website to the world. Wow. Yeah. And it was, it was very, very difficult because 
And even to this day, sometimes I'm like, who am I? Right. I am the self-taught sure. blogger, baker, mom, yeah. home cook, even though I don't really, I don't have any recipes that aren't baking recipes, but that's who I am. I'm not a celebrity. I'm not like, who am I to fill this space? But, you know, there's something about walking into something that you know is for you. Mm-hmm. Um, one of my favorite books in the whole wide world um, is The Alchemist. Yeah. And one of my favorite lines from that book is when you tell the, un- or when you put out into the world what you want, I'm paraphrasing, the universe will conspire to help you. And it's been so true that, you know, every time I think maybe I shouldn't be in this space, there's something that happens that shows me that I belong here. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But it's hard. It's every time I push publish, it's really hard. Still. And where do you think that hard comes from? Is that about feeling, are you risk aware? Like, are you aware of somebody saying, Shawnee, you're nobody? Or are you aware of the risk that someone will say you're self-taught? What are you, what do you think is the risk that you're overcoming every time you hit publish? I, especially with recipe posts, I really just want them to be right. I mean, with Mm. all of my posts right? If I'm teaching somebody about a technique in a post, I really want that technique to be spot on. I want that video to be so good that, that as people really come away, having learned a technique that maybe flummoxed them before, I really want it to be right. And I think that's what gives me a mini panic attack every time I'm about to push publish. But I think that's also that desire to be great, right? I want everything to be great. That desire to be great that push to do my absolute best work. Yeah. Um, I'm really proud of that. Like I am a little bit, a little bit of a perfectionist. Um, and when it's not right, I get really down on myself, but I think mm. I'm hoping that people see that my attempt is always to get it super right. Not just right, not just good, but to get it super right. So that every time they come to my website, even if they're pulling a recipe, um, they can see that, they can trust that recipe and they can trust that it's going to be good. Shani, you know, I feel like your timing in 2021 is really interesting because it's sort of at a point where people were looking for content that was going to help them tiptoe back into the world after the pandemic. Mm -hmm. And there is something really special about baking, especially a cake. It's not a single serving recipe. No, it's not. And there is I something mean, there are people who will try. Well, I mean, you know, like I've yeah. seen a couple things. I'm like, well, I would make that. I won't share it. But um, <laughs> I was going to ask you, you know, there's something really beautiful about baking for the home cook where you're sort of you need to eat, but you don't mm-hmm. need to eat cake. But you love the people around you and you want to give them something to enjoy. And then you spend your time invested in learning the right technique, collecting the ingredients and transforming those ingredients into something that represents your need to eat, your love for the people around you and the Mm -hmm. time that you spend in your life. You know, those layers are things that I call self-care is like, did you layer something you need with something you love and invest the time that it takes to get to feel cared for? Right. How does baking and sort of creative cooking transform into self-care for you or for your students? So 
the self-care part for me is that my creative mind demands to be satisfied. Yeah. So one of the challenges that I like to do for myself is to just kind of take a bunch of ingredients out, see what I have and decide what kind of confection or pastry I'm going to make and then just do it. Not following a recipe. That for me is self-care. The ability to get lost with ingredients and to create something from it. Not with a recipe. No, not with a recipe. Wow. Sometimes (laughs) this leads to better results than others. (laughs) But there were, I'm trying to think, probably four cakes from my recent 12 days of pound cake that happened very organically because I was just playing in the kitchen. So for me, that's self-care. Now, I also love, I love a massage. I love a facial. Give me a spa day anytime. But when I have the ability, when my children are at school and I am at work in my kitchen and I have the ability to just get lost with ingredients, that's actually a way for my mind to slow down and to take care of myself. That's a deeply, deeply passionate, like that's a very, oh my gosh. I love those times. That feeling of flow that comes from those moments is something that takes care of me on a very deep level. Like I I always feel so refreshed and proud. And after those baking endeavors, I just feel like my cup is full. I can give to other people, literally, (laughs) but I can give, I can be a better mother. I can give more to my kids. Um, I can give more to my students when I have the ability to be alone in my kitchen with just ingredients. You're talking about something called flow, which I don't know if you know, um, Mikhail Csikszentmihalyi, who has studied this sense of, and I'm going to paraphrase this, but it's essentially when the work maximizes your skill set and is just challenging enough to hold your focus that you enter this state of flow. And it's often considered to be one of the ideal states that people should try to spend most of their working time in. But it's really hard to access because it requires a lot of prerequisites. You know, for you, you've talked about a lot of the prerequisites that kind of need to fall into place for that to happen. In some other areas, you know, um, people often spend their time out of flow because of things like email or meetings, etc., Or just being in a career or some kind of productive path that doesn't suit them. That's right. And I can say that from experience. (laughs) Yeah? Yes. Do you want to share a little bit about that? Oh, my gosh. (laughs) So before I started Begin With Butter full-time, which was Mm -hmm. January of 2022, I spent 15 years practicing law. Wow. a litigator. I had a great win loss record. I did a great job for my client, blah, 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 blah. And before that, let's see, I spent 22 years altogether in the law, but 15 mm-hmm. years as a litigator. And I can't say I had one day of flow. Wow. Um, because now I know what flow feels like. I right. know what it looks like. Right. I can sense when my body is like craving and entering that space where it's like, oh my gosh, I have to just submit to this. I cannot remember a single day of practicing law that I ever felt that. And I was really good at it. I mean, so that's why I say it's impossible to enter a state of flow 
if you are pursuing a productive pursuit, mm-hmm. that is not for you. Right. Um, that was my experience. So that's why I said that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I think the other thing is sometimes we feel like our paid work has to bring us there. Mm-hmm. And for some people, your paid work maybe isn't bringing you there and you have you have other creative pursuits on the side. I personally, I have another nine to five. I do find flow in my nine to five. So I'm mm-hmm. grateful for that. But I also feel like what you said before about the creative voice in you will not be denied. Right. And that sometimes your creative voice isn't necessarily aligned with your paid work or you know for a lot of people I think that that can sometimes be a paradox that people struggle with is like making all the circles of the Venn diagram overlap and and I think it's okay sometimes we just have to be comfortable with that and not feel like well I can't nurture my creative voice until it aligns with my paid work or my or whatever Mm -hmm. right I absolutely agree with that because I think there's another stress that comes if you leave a a nine to five before you're really ready to transition. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'm very fortunate in that, you know, my husband was hundred percent supportive of the decision that I made to transition in January of this year, because I was being swallowed by the practice of law. It was Mm -hmm. never, ever something that was meant for me. Mm -hmm. Um, I actually had a very strong feeling on the first day of law school that I had no business there, that I didn't not only that I had no business there because I think a lot of people feel that at the beginning of law school, but I didn't want to be there. And I fought that feeling for 22 years total, but 15 years as a, as a litigator, I kept on trying to find my flow. I kept on trying to find my space and I just couldn't do it. Um, When I started baking and my creative endeavors started like, taking up my waking mind during my productive day, I realized that baking was more than just a hobby for me. Yeah. And I spent a lot of years too scared to tell anybody. I would share stuff because we always had extra stuff sitting around here, but I never felt comfortable enough giving people recipes and teaching people techniques until they badgered me. (laughs) (laughs) The end of my nerves, but it got to the point in like 2021, that I just felt like the transition needed to happen. Mm-hmm. Like there was something that was tugging on me so hard. It made my productive life, right? This, this practice of law, it just made that life feel constricting to me. So here I am, I'm out in the world, I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. And I felt constricted. I felt like I was suffocating in this life. And I had a very tearful conversation with my husband who bless his heart. He's a very conservative, you know, he is the steadfast husband. He signed up for this life with his wife, who was going to be this one thing. And I told him this life is suffocating me. I feel like, and I don't like snakes, but this is the best. This is the most apropos comparison I can draw when a snake needs to shed its skin, either it sheds its skin or it dies right? Because the body has to grow. The skin cannot grow. So it has to shed its skin or it will die. And I told him, that's what I feel like. I feel like a snake who is 15 years past the shed of her skin. And this is the breaking point for me. Um, 
And he looked at me and he had this very serious look on his face. The only thing he said to me was, okay. Mm-hmm. So I think you're right. You're absolutely right. There comes, you can have, you can have it all. I really do believe that. And there are a lot of people I know who blog as a side hustle or have a cottage bakery as a side hustle. And they are very, very happy because the productive life that they've chosen is something that they can find moments of flow in. Mm -hmm. I could never get there. Mm -hmm. And I was suffocating because of it. And then I found the thing. It's like meeting the one. Wow. It was like meeting the one. Like I spent all of my time thinking, (laughs) spent all of my time thinking about it. And whenever I could, I would sneak away and bake. Like Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I couldn't, there was nothing that could replace that for me. And so I was determined to make it work as a full-time endeavor. Mm -hmm. Like I said, my husband has been just amazing in all of this. Mm -hmm. Um, He's a numbers guy. He's an engineer. So he's a numbers guy. So (laughs) he he keeps me honest on the data and all of the, you know, all of that stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, Because left to my own devices, I don't think about any of that stuff. (laughs) None of it. Oh, Shawnee, this story, this story really brings tears to my eyes because I think that, you know, your story is so relatable to so many of us who emerged from the pandemic and recognized that our skin was too small. Mm-hmm. And I don't think you're being dramatic when you say, I will either shed my skin or die. Because I think that what we, all have reconciled with is the you know the sort of trauma of a pandemic yes and our very fragility on earth absolutely and the sense of the skin being too small for lots of people comes in different ways but you know we've heard about this great resignation shawnee in a lot of ways you're a part of that yes but resignation comes from the side of the employer and what we don't talk about is the reemergence and the reintegration of the workforce. Right. And they're shedding a skin that's too small for them. So it really, it makes me emotional, actually, because um, I want that for everybody in the world mm-hmm. to have that sense that you're having. And I know that for a lot of people, it's not possible for physical, mental, emotional, spiritual reasons you know, real practical reasons all the way to the real in your head reasons. And Mm -hmm. um, I think it's important to listen to the story that Shawnee's sharing and to think about yourself where your skin is too small and where you can find space and claim that space in the world that's made for you. Yes. When you're wearing a skin that doesn't belong to you, the, the next step is to build the space that does belong to you and inhabit that space as often as you can. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Mm. Because I think that can ease the feeling of the tightness. Yeah. Eventually that tightness, (laughs) I mean, eventually that feeling, that feeling of flow, that feeling of, I have to be in this space, it might overcome you. That's what happened to me. It Mm. overcame me. Like I, at first I thought, okay, baking can be a fun hobby Okay, baking can be a fun side hustle. (laughs) Okay, baking is like taking over my life. (laughs) life. And that's when things started to feel too small. And I think that's the the point 
where you either like have to make a decision to go all in on it. Right. And going all in looks different for everybody. Or you have to make the decision to maybe let it go. Mm. Um, because the longer you dance on that fence, my experience is the more unhappy you can be. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I don't want people to be unhappy because they danced on a fence their whole lives. But I looked during the pandemic and I'd already lost both of my parents long before the pandemic. And so I was always aware of the fragility of life. And the fact that I tell people all the time, this life you're living is not a dress rehearsal for anything. Like this is opening night. (laughs) So treat it like opening night and live your life. Um, And don't live being afraid of what might happen because on the other side of that tragic, catastrophic thing that you're thinking is something that could be so great that you can't even identify what it is right now, but you're focused on the catastrophic. (laughs) Right. Right. You're living in catastrophe that hasn't even happened. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I just, that was the decision when I decided to jump, I had all of those catastrophic thoughts in my mind, but the the, not one of them overcame the thought of what if I get to the end of my productive life? I'm 70 years old. And I never took one day mm-hmm. to explore what my life could have been like outside of the law. Mm-hmm. That to me would be the most catastrophic thing that I could have done. And that was the trajectory I was on. <laughs> like I was doing that. Right. So, right. You were making it very possible. Very likely. Right. I was actually doing it. Like I was actually on that yellow brick road. And I was like, if there's a time to do something different, that time has to be right now. Like, because what if on the other side of this catastrophe is something so spectacular and I'm the one standing in my own way, right? Impossible for me to experience this spectacular future that I could have because I'm so determined to stay in and actively on this catastrophic path. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. it made the decision easier. It's never an easy decision to leave something that you've been doing for a long time. That's comfortable. Yeah. I was not thinking that I'd be 45 years old as a new business owner, you know, but here I am. (laughs) Here you are. And, and it seems, it seems as though the catastrophe hasn't occurred and, and instead what has occurred has been, you know, perhaps beyond your best dreams and, and then some, Yes. But I totally get what you're saying about standing in your own way and and kind of living in the catastrophe of like, what if this all doesn't work out? If we could take that a little bit smaller, what are the words of advice that you have for aspiring bakers who are either recovering perfectionists or they're worried about imposter syndrome or they're people pleasers? Because sometimes the reason people don't bake is because they don't think it's going to turn out and or they've had a couple baking events that left them in tears because they Mm -hmm. felt like the alphabet cookies didn't turn out and my daughter is going to be disappointing and and the lovely preschool teacher is going to be embarrassed you know what are the words of advice that you have for those folks keep going we all have baking failures all the time Ah, yes all the time yes at this point where i have learned so much I, now I'm at the point where I like to push the envelope. So you learn how to look at failure 
I mean, I don't call it failure anymore, but you learn how to look at failure in a different way. Sometimes things just don't work. It's not, it's not, (laughs) I used to think that it was like this big statement about my ability as a baker when things didn't come out. And I'm like, no, it's just the thing that didn't come out. (laughs) So my thing is keep going Mm -hmm. on the other side of that is something like so amazing. I mean, so recently I did this 12 days of pound cake for my holiday, my big holiday event. And the last one was this red wine, black forest pound cake, which is this just extreme chocolate cake with red wine. It's so rich and delicious. And it's my favorite cake from the event. If I had to pick one. It's like, it's like if pound cake was wedding cake. Exactly. Like wedding cake wishes it was this red wine, black <laughs> forest pound cake. It's so amazing. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much. Somebody was actually texting me this morning as she was making it. And she was like, I can't keep my fingers out of the batter because the batter is so good. And I'm like, get your fingers out of the batter so that you can bake the cake. And she's, she ended up, I think, making another batter. But anyway, I have been working on that cake since this summer. Yeah. It had many, many challenges that I had to overcome before it ended up as day 12 on the 12 days of pound cake. And it failed, if we use that word. I don't like F words, but I particularly (laughs) don't like that one. It failed many times. Mm -hmm. Many times before it just turned a corner and it just started to work. And that cake all by itself taught me a lot of lessons about failure because that cake frustrated me. It truly, truly did. But in the end, it worked. So my advice to aspiring bakers is just keep going. Mm -hmm. Keep pushing the envelope. Because there's no way for you to determine your true taste as a baker, your true identity as a baker, unless you push those boundaries. If you want to be a real baker and you want to create your own recipes, have your taste represented for your friends and family, then you have to push those boundaries. You have to write your own recipes. You have to experience failure on a regular basis until you turn the corner and understand all of it. Right. And that's, it's right there for you. I talk about sometimes about um, the minimum dose of discomfort that you can handle Mm -hmm. and living within that minimum dose of discomfort, which is the sort of iterative failures as you kind of learn, you know, you're, you're going to just, you don't have to take a swan dive out of your comfort zone, but you do have to kind of find the boundary of your, where you're comfort, where you're comfortable, where you're uncomfortable and just kind of live on the fringe of that in order to kind of navigate your way closer and closer to the end result of what you're really, really striving for. Well, what you're striving for is in that zone of uncomfortable. Exactly. It's not the thing that you're striving for is not in the zone is not in the place where you are living comfortably. Mm. It's not in the familiar. It's not in your daily commute. It's not in your daily work. It's not in the thing that you can literally do in your sleep, or you can wake up from a dead sleep and do it. Like the, the thing that you're striving for is not there. And I think a lot of us spend a lot of time. I know I did (laughs) spending a lot of, spent a lot of time looking in that place for the thing that I wanted. And it was never there. (laughs) And I was constantly shocked about this fact. It was, it's when you embrace being uncomfortable and, and you embrace, okay, I have something, I have to learn something in order to pull this off. I have to 
you know, I have to learn X, Y, and Z in order to pull this off. And then you do it. And then your confidence grows just that much more. Mm-hmm. Your confidence continues to grow and you start to think about failure again, an F word. Don't like <laughs> F word, need a new word. You start to think about failure differently. Mm-hmm. It starts to not be this big, scary thing anymore. It's just, oh, that didn't work. When you can look at your day-to-day life and be like, oh, that didn't work. Moving on. That I think is the key. Yeah. Because if you can look at failure and say, I'm going to fail sometimes, that's just going to happen and it's going to be okay. And I'm going to figure it out and move on. If you can do that and be comfortable with that, there are heights that you will, you can't even imagine that you'll get to. It's so, you know, fascinating. I had a recent interview with Leanne Hannaway, who is a wealth educator. She's mm-hmm. a money money educator for women and people of color. And what she said is men are conditioned to say it didn't work out. And women are conditioned to say I didn't work out. Mm. And that one of the ways that we really need to flip our mindset when it comes to money and investing, although I think actually perhaps it's slightly bigger than that, is to think about it didn't work out. It didn't work out. And Mm. the reflection of it not working out on me and my worth as a human being is not a conversation that I need to have. Right. Absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. What does... The two are not related. There's right. No, there's no, like, there's not even an intersection where the two things meet. Your worth as a human being is not determined by the fact that this red wine, black forest cake failed again. It's not. Those two, <laughs> like my worth as a human being is based on how good of a wife I am, how good of a mother I am, how good of a person I am in my soul and my desire to truly be out here helping people. Mm-hmm. Right. That's what I feel determines my worth as a human being, not yeah. another failure of this same cake. Right. And I think taking the sting, like taking the sting out of failure like that is so, so powerful. It has been so powerful in my life to just eliminate that sting of failure. It's going to happen. I've had failures in my business this year. Mm-hmm. And I now, <laughs> at first, I will say, at first, this failure thing, <laughs> it's it's been a learning curve for me. Sure, it sucks. It sucks. Yeah. Oh, it totally it sucks, sucks to fail. This is not about saying yippee, I failed. But yeah, <laughs> yeah. yippee, I failed. I love that. <laughs> no, but the funny thing is, I got used to baking failures a long time ago. Mm. business failures and they weren't really failures but well now that I look back on them but business setbacks I'll call them earlier in the year really had me spinning like should I be doing this business do I belong here do I belong in this space is it the business side of this that's going to tune in like what is happening and that was hard to that was the space where I needed to grow in 2022 I needed to learn how to take the sting out of business setbacks, Mm. you know, and I'm getting there. I won't say it's a hundred percent. I don't like business setbacks. (laughs) I think I'm like any business owner in that way, but I'm learning to say, you know what? I learned something from this and I learned that I'm not going to do this again. I am going to do this again. I'm learning that I need to do this a little bit better and let's move on. 
And I feel like since I've taken that approach and applied that beginner's mind to um, business setbacks, that my business has actually grown exponentially in the past mm. couple of months. So I'm really grateful for the fact that I have this business and the ability to impact people in this way, Erin, it's just been tremendous, but it hasn't been without bumps in the road. But I do think at the end of the day, the very best thing any new business owner can do is just approach it with the mindset that there will be setbacks, right? It will be okay, but it's the business owners who continue to push and continue to strive for it every single day. And I do mean every single day doing something, whether it's sending one email, whether it's, you know, having a to-do list of seven or eight major tasks that you want to power through in one day, those two days are both business days. Mm -hmm. As long as you're doing something every single day to move your business forward, you can't fail. And if you believe that, then there's no stopping you. (laughs) Wow. Shawnee, thank you so much for chatting today. I have a couple of wrap-up questions and I just, you know, there are so many moments of this conversation that gave me goosebumps. I know it is going to resonate with everybody who listens. So I'm, I'm thrilled to put that out in the world. Here's one question, Shawnee, when you're not baking, you're doing fill in the blank. I am spending as much time with my family as possible. Uh, The holidays are coming. So we are knee deep in holiday decorating. I take it very seriously. My husband thinks maybe a little too seriously. (laughs) I have asked him to go to Home Depot to get the rest of the supplies that I need this year. (laughs) Do you have a theme for your holiday decor? Not really a theme. I just collect stuff every single year. Yeah. And so it gets a little bit more outrageous. Um, it's the red wine, black forest pound cake. Yes. Home decor. Absolutely. <laughs> um, last year I asked for just some upgraded cause I do indoor, he does outdoor. And I asked mm-hmm. for just a little bit of an upgrade to the outdoor decor, <laughs> which caused him to call somebody to <laughs> string up lights around the entire house, which looked beautiful, but which had him and the guy that he hired outside. I'm sure cursing my existence because I kept going outside like can we put some more lights over here and some more lights over here and I need an inflatable here (laughs) oh yeah they were unhappy with me but (laughs) it looked great oh (laughs) and I'm sure when you come home and you pull up and you see those decorations it's awesome it is awesome. awesome it's awesome yeah Okay, here's another finish this sentence. If I could tell 15-year-old Shawnee one thing, it would be? That she belongs here. Mm. Yeah. I struggled my whole life before I found Begin With Butter to find something productive that that was for me. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, I didn't, and I didn't know if I would ever find it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Amazing. Um, okay, future Shawnee is excited about. Oh my gosh. I'm excited about my kids' weddings. I am excited about, I don't, I'm excited about their graduations. I'm excited about being married and like sitting in front of our the Christmas tree with my husband and and a few slices of butter rum pound cake and just reminiscing about our journey together as husband and wife. Like mm. I, everything I think about when I think about looking forward to in the future 
I love my business. I love it. I love it. I love it. But everything I get excited about, the things that excite me in my heart are always going to have to do with my family. That is so beautiful. You have me grinning from ear to ear. Yay. Me too. <laughs> Johnny, what would you like people to um, take away? Where can they find you? What do you have upcoming next? Where can people engage in your educational resources, your courses? Oh gosh, that's a loaded question. Okay. So the takeaway is every one of us has a gift Mm -hmm. and every one of us has something that every one of us has something in us that wants to come out. And that is our gift to the world. We all have that gift. I don't think I'm special in that respect. And I want people to realize that they have those gifts for a reason. Mm. It's not because they are kooky or because they are not equipped the universe will conspire to help you. You will be equipped. Um, that doesn't mean you have to quit your full-time job, but it doesn't mean that you just sit on it. Never sit on your gift. You will never truly be happy in this life unless you pursue it. I love and that. Again, this is not a dress rehearsal. This is opening night. <laughs> People can find me in a couple of places because I have my blog, which is beginwithbutter.com. It's the thing that's kind of started it all. And I'm super proud of being a baking education blog. Yes, there are tons of recipes up on the site, but there are also techniques and equipment and ingredient information that you can read about on the blog. You can find me on Instagram at Begin With Butter. That's the primary social media. I'm also on Facebook and Pinterest (laughs) and to a much lesser extent, TikTok at Begin With Butter. So you can find me there. The thing that I have worked on growing and I'm so looking forward in 2023 and beyond to continuing to grow is my Begin With Butter Home Baking Academy. Like it just, it makes me smile. And at the Home Baking Academy, I offer live classes. I have courses that are available. It's just a fun way to learn the nuts and bolts of baking. And for people who have sticking points with baking, I invite you guys to come and just visit the Home Baking Academy and see what we have to offer. There's lots of classes on there, all replays at this point because I don't have any other live classes this year, but, and I will announce it with you, you are the, you are the first to know. (laughs) Starting on January 9th, I am starting my very first Begin With Butter, Creative Cakes and More cohort. And in that cohort, people will learn how to create their own cake recipes, which they can actually extrapolate and use to make their own recipes all around bread, pies, whatever it is. And also in that cohort, people will learn how to, they'll learn the business basics. So if you are an aspiring blogger or an aspiring cottage bakery owner like I am, or if you are a blogger or a bakery owner and you just want to get like those brass tacks business basics so that you can be set up for absolute success in quarter three and four next year, that will be part of the cohort as well. So you're hearing it here first. (laughs) I'm branching out because education is my thing. I love teaching and I would love to see just a legion of people who have been through this cohort who feel much more confident going forward about both their recipes and their business setup. 
that's the big thing that I'm working on. And that's launching on January 9th. And I can't believe I'm saying it out loud, but I'm like breathless and thrilled. So I know it's the right thing. I am so honored you're announcing it here and for the the first announcement here. And, and I think that Shani, what you're giving yourself is what past Shani needed. Yeah. No, absolutely. Shani would have loved a champion to say, you can do it because I've done it and I've been there. Right. And if I've done it, why couldn't you do it? Of course you can. And let me teach you everything I know. I think it's so, so exciting. It's going to be a huge success. And I think, you know, what you're trying to do is to, we're, we're going to manifest that. Absolutely. Cohorts of people who have taken this course and have transformed their baked goods into recipe capital and Mm -hmm. and their own businesses yes I would love like when I see somebody launch a blog with fill in the blank name and they're using like these business basics and they're using like the tools that I've learned and I've taught them to create their own recipes that will be just a full circle moment because when I was starting to bake that's the thing that that really had me confused I didn't know what the sources of information were that were legitimate versus what wasn't. So that's why I really went to textbooks. Mm-hmm. But I was like, oh, if I could figure out a way to make this a fun way to learn this information, and if I could put my own spin on it, then maybe someone will get something from it. Somebody will. Many people will. I'm so confident of that. And I can't wait. I can't wait to follow along. I will be following along with my high five emojis. I love the high five emojis, by the way. <laughs> One of my favorites. Johnny, I'm so grateful for your time today. I know you're super busy and you're busy with family life and holiday decorating and all of the things that come with weekend parenting life and family life. I really appreciate the time that you've made for me and for the podcast today. Thanks for everything you're doing and putting out into the world. You're just amazing. Thank you so much. Thanks everyone for listening today and we will talk to you again soon. Bye Erin. Bye. Thank you so much for spending time with me today. Please make sure to reach out and connect on Instagram with me. I can be found at medium.lady over there. If you have any feedback about today's conversation, you can head to the pink tile in my feed for the latest episode and we can always continue the conversation over there. If you like this podcast, please make sure to share a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. And if you love this podcast, please share it on social media. Be sure to tag me so I can personally thank you for growing our community. Finally, be sure to follow this podcast wherever you're listening and make sure your notifications are on. Don't forget, you're doing such a good job. Bye.